Hello again, welcome to another episode of the Uranium Market Minute. Today is Wednesday, September 7th, and this is episode number 178. My name is Justin Hewn. I am your host. I'm the founder and publisher of the Uranium Insider Pro newsletter, the only investing newsletter that focuses solely on uranium, finds the best risk-reward investment opportunities in the space, and publishes on a regular monthly basis. As always, nothing that you see or hear in this podcast is intended to be investing advice. I'm not your financial advisor. This is not financial advice. Please always do your own due diligence when it comes to investing and always take responsibility for your own choices. All right. Thank you so much for watching and listening. I do appreciate all of you. If you're watching this on YouTube and you have not already, please subscribe to the channel, like the video, share it around, um, hit the notification bell. You will be reminded whenever we publish a new episode, which is almost every day and starting in October will be every week. Um, if you were listening to this on Apple Podcasts and Spotify, I would love uh, if you left me an honest review. Um, thank you so much. We're really trying to do what we can to spread around the good word that is uranium investment because this thesis is unbelievable. As I discuss uh, pretty much every day, I'm going to talk about a couple of elements that are confirming what we have been seeing in the fuel cycle over the past few months in the mailbag section. Um, before we do that, let's run really quickly through the daily scoreboard and the charts. Starting off with the spot price of uranium up 25 cents from yesterday, pretty quiet spot market. Sput, however, did purchase another 200,000 pounds yesterday, and they did issue 104,000 new units, raising 1.3 million. They have ran their cash position down significantly. Their cash position now is, is less than one half percent of their net asset value, which is far below where we thought they would run it down. However, uh, they obviously know what they're doing, so perhaps they can see on the horizon some risk coming back on and the opportunity to raise more money just around the corner. That's uh, to be devoutly wished, of course. Yesterday, the spot discount to NAV shrank to under 1%, closing at minus 0.92%. And the trust today uh, did, let's see, it traded down 1.3%, so that, that discount widened a bit. It did trade up throughout the day, possibly above that uh, premium to NAV sufficient to raise cash. We'll have to see in a few hours when they do report. Turning to the equity ETFs, URA reported no change. URNM reported an increase, 75,000 shares. That's 5.8 million in mandated buying from that share issuance. Now, I've mentioned many times before, but if you're new to this podcast, the ETFs uh, issue shares when uh, they're trading at a premium to NAV, essentially. And they use that the funds raised from that share issuance to buy more stock of their underlying holdings and vice versa. When money is flowing out of the ETFs, they will uh, uh, sell down their holdings and redeem shares. And so, uh, and the reporting of this redemption or issuance has a lag. It's two to three days, depending on URA or URNM. Not really sure, but somewhere in that lag time, you'll actually be able to see if there's a huge, huge update and there's big issuance. That'll usually be reported two or three days later. And it's pretty obvious. Uh, why don't we go ahead and take a look at the charts. Starting off with URA trading up 1.28% on the day, although slightly underperforming the S&P, which did rally significantly. Um, I believe uh, Fed Chair Powell is speaking tomorrow. The market is pricing in a 75 basis point uh, rate hike. Um, interesting that we saw such the rally in the S&P today. Uh, URA did trade down a bit intraday. It uh, looks like it's kind of consolidating here for the past week and a half, possibly moving towards a uh, bull pennant type uh, uh, formation here with these uh, candles over the last couple of weeks. We'll have to see how this plays out. Not super high conviction in that bull pennant uh, formation here. Honestly, I'm looking at this big gap formed about a week and a half ago, back down at URA 2032. 
Um, I would actually love to see that gap filled and see a little bit more consolidation because my confidence in where this market is going in the short term and the midterm starting very, very soon is very, very high. So any further pullbacks, in my opinion, are are to be considered buying opportunities. That's how I'm looking at it anyways. Definitely want to highlight the good volume, again, even today, significant volume uh, coming into the URA vehicle. And over the past couple of weeks, looks like um, after a number of months of sort of consolidation in volume, uh, relatively lower volume, a couple of spikes here and there. Now we definitely seem to be trending up in volume for URA. That's a good sign. URNM relative to the spot price of uranium uh, up a little bit today, the spot price up as well. So nice performance for URNM. This chart uh, setting up very nicely here as we are again sitting above this 200 day moving average that is starting to try to flatten a bit here. If we remain above the 200 day and it turns back to the upside and we see a golden cross, which would be the 50 day rising through the rising 200 day with us trading above that 200 day and 50 day, that would be a full on bullish chart in my opinion. Cameco trading up 2.6% uh, on the day after trading down significantly yesterday. I did mention yesterday, um, it looked to me because Cameco is bucking the trend of the rest of the sector, which was slightly up on the day, that um, it was possible that a prominent newsletter issued a sale. There is one prominent newsletter that likes to swing trade this stock. And this looks like a similar point where they might want to take some money off the table, hoping that it pulls back down to re-enter with a partial position. Um, they do this over and over and over. Not really a big deal. URA relative to the S&P, like I said, it underperformed the S&P today, although it did print a decent candle with URA recovering intraday. This chart also starting to uh, consolidate in a type of flag formation. Sprott Physical Uranium Trust trading down 1.3% on the day, again, printing a nice handle. And this is a really, really interesting chart with the uh, trust just marching higher over the last week and a half or so. RSI kind of flattening out here. To me, that looks like we need a little bit of pullback here. We'll, we'll have to see how that goes. All right, mailbag section. I had um, one question come in to me about uh, China and another question come in about Urenco. So first, we'll start off with China. Yes, Bloomberg actually reported today that uh, while China's national target was to build around six reactors, six to eight reactors per year, they have stated that they have the capacity to build up to 10 reactors per year. Now, China currently has 21 reactors under construction. And of course, China is a very, very big part of the overall future demand story for uranium and the growth story for nuclear. Now, there's plenty of other countries. There's more than a dozen other countries that are currently building nuclear reactors. Other countries also building nuclear in addition to China, Argentina, Bangladesh, Brazil, Egypt, France, India, Iran, Japan, South Korea, Russia, Slovakia, Turkey, Ukraine, United Arab Emirates, the United Kingdom, and the United States. These are all countries that are building nuclear reactors right now. But of course, China is the uh, the the big player in the in the room here, building 21 reactors as we speak, and the ability to build up to 10 new reactors every single year. And honestly, with the targets that they're putting out, okay, what was their target? I believe it was 200 gigawatts by 2035. So that is now 12 years away. 12 years away in, in just a few months here. So in 12 years, they're wanting to expand from about 51 gigawatts to 200 gigawatts, 150 gigawatts. They're building these Hualong 1 and Hualong 2 reactors is just over 1,000 megawatts per reactor. 
that's another 150 reactors. Even uh, let's say 140 reactors uh, in 13 years, 10 reactors a year. Honestly, that's what they need to do in order to hit that target. So very, very interesting to see that. And honestly, China is just on an absolute tear. And there's a lot of doubt about whether or not they will stick with this plan and whether or not they will be able to. Well, you know what? They are so far. And that's all we can really go off of is, is are you doing what you say you're going to do? And so far, China absolutely is. Right, the other piece of news that I want to talk about is Urenco. Urenco has, uh, uh, as reported by the WNA, which I'm going to share right now, informed the US NRC that principal licensed activities have resumed at the Centrifuge Assembly Building at its enrichment facility in Eunice, New Mexico, in a letter dated 30 August. The company said it has begun making preparations to the CAB, the Centrifuge Assembly Building, to be fully operational by January 2024. That is about 16 months away, including hiring staff, operating ventilation, fire protection equipment, procedure preparation. Based on the current and planned activities, UUSA considers CAB to be an active service and being used for principal licensed activities. Okay, what does this mean? So Urenco is an enricher. They have a facility like the one just mentioned in New Mexico in the United States, and they have another facility in the UK. They are a prominent enricher within the West. Um, they are seeing increased demand for enrichment for the reasons we've talked about ad nauseum on this podcast. The Western utilities are seeking enrichment conversion services in the West, trying to avoid Russia for new contracts. And so far, they have avoided Russia for new contracts. Now, Western utilities, to my knowledge, are still receiving legacy contract deliveries from Russia in terms of uh, enriched uranium. USA's enriched uranium allotment from Russia under the RSA is somewhere around 20% per year. It's a bit more for the EU. They're about 30% of their enrichment comes from Russia. So what we're seeing now is Urenco not only raising their tails assays from around 0.18 to 0.2, up to 0.24, 0.25, significantly uh, higher tails assays, which requires more feedstock on the front end of that enrichment process. That is overfeeding. Overfeeding essentially is um, feeding more UF6 into the centrifuges than they contracted for with the nuclear utilities. And that is happening and it's happening right now. And why is Urenco able to do that? Because they have enough profit on the table. They will take the loss on going out in the market to buy that UF6 to overfeed the enrichers because they can charge a higher amount for SWU. And we've seen, seen SWU prices rise significantly. So spot SWU is way up and uh, spot SWU, the delivery of, of EUP in less than 12 month period. And so um, they're able to increase their profit on that and, and take the loss on overfeeding on the other side of that. On top of that, they are signing long-term contracts for enrichment, which is what is justifying bringing this facility back online. So this facility that will be used to manufacture the centrifuges prior to putting them into the operational uh, cascade, um, this facility they claim will be up and running by the beginning of 2024, about 16 months away. And honestly, it's going to take a long time before the centrifuges that this facility will manufacture are actually operating and for that capacity to expand significantly enough to go back to a lower tails assay and have significant significant capacity to meet the demand that we're seeing from the West. Okay. So this is a, a very good sign in my opinion. This is Urenco saying, Hey, we're seeing that demand. We're bringing this facility back online and they're probably signing significantly long-term contracts um, for let's say the second half of this decade, and we're already hearing that those contracts are much higher in tails assays than even 0.24, 0.25. So um, whether or not they expect to actually be operating at the tails assay during that period of time, 
they can overfeed. They can actually borrow from Peter to pay Paul. So utility signing contracts, let's say 0.28, 0.29. If they are then operating still in the mid twenties uh, of 0 0.25, 0 0.26, 0 0.24, the feedstock provided by the utilities for that 0 0.28, 0 0.29, 0 0.3 contract is more than they would need. And they can make up for uh, what they're doing now, which is overfeeding and taking that loss by buying more UF6 and feeding more into the centrifuge than the utility provided for that contract. Hopefully I explained that clear enough. As positive news coming from Urenco, clearly they're seeing increased demand for enrichment. And this is all coming, uh, it's all coming to the U308 market. It can't not come to the U308 market. And that's what uh, has me so excited about um, even the short term for this market. And, and over the years, uh, putting out content, both for the newsletter over the past year, for this podcast on Twitter uh, over a number of years ago, I hesitate to make short-term calls. And I'm not making a specific call other than I believe we're going to see this demand hit the U308 market in the short term. When I say short term, I mean less than six months. And it honestly could be less than six weeks um, before we start to see the beginning of that demand. And this is going, this demand is going to hit when utilities come back into a legitimate contracting cycle. They don't just buy their run rate requirements. They tend to contract for, for volumes that are higher than what they need to operate their facilities. So they will restock some inventories as there's been significant destocking of inventories. Um, just, a, just a wild setup here. So both of those are, are very positive pieces of news uh, that came out over the last couple of days. All right. Um, hope you're having a great day. I will see you again tomorrow. Thank you so much for the support. Take care. Cheers.